What's up, everybody? How we doing? How we living? This is Austin Cunningham here, and I am joined, as always, with Doug Trees and Riley O'Brien. Doug will not be joining us today due to the fact that he has started his dream job, and they have asked him to work a little later tonight. So he will not be with us again for the second Wednesday in a row. But no worries. We're going to continue on with what we do best, and that's talking football. So, boys, how you been? Good, man. Oh, we're doing really well. I think uh, it's been a, it's been an eventful day uh, with me. <laughs> what are you up to, Trees? Nothing much, man. Just got uh, got home from work and ready to do this. I'm, I've been excited for uh, this episode all week. Let's get it rolling. Let's get it rolling. Let's start with, and this is my fault. We we left out the Washington Redskins on our last episode when we were doing the breakdown for the NFC teams. Let's make sure we get the Redskins addressed. So let's talk real quick about the Redskins. What uh, what would be a successful season for the Redskins, in your guys' opinion? For me, it is getting Dwayne Haskins comfortable in the West Coast-style offense and getting familiar with just reading defenses. I know that's a big thing that a lot of people were thinking that he can't do, and all of it was always quick passes and just having NFL talent-wide receivers not facing NFL talent defenses. So for me, it's more of just watching him grow. Um, As a lot of other podcasts say, and you'll hear us talk about it a lot, next year's wide receiver core is crazy deep, and I think that they're going to be one of those teams looking for a wide receiver. Um, Doxon is not going to get picked up on his fifth-year option. He's going to be gone, and... Sorry, what was Richardson? Richardson from Seattle last year, free agent. He just didn't live up to the contract. If he doesn't do it again, he'll be a, he'll be a cap hit where they just drop him. So they'll be looking for another wide receiver. But you got to make sure that Dwayne Haskins is your guy, which I truly believe he's going to be. I, I, I honestly don't believe that they're too worried about their record. It's more of the development of their franchise quarterback. And I agree with you 100%, Trace. Um, for me, it's determining who your quarterback's going to be. You know, at the beginning of the season, are you going to roll with Haskins, or are you going to start with Keenum? Let Haskins kind of develop. You know, with what we've seen before in Arizona with Josh Rosen. You know what I mean? He goes in, have someone else starting the season for a little bit. Someone gets hurt, you slide them in. All right, we're just going to roll the rest of the way. But you have to figure out at what point do you want to start the Haskins era. You know, that's going to be a huge decision for them. And that's what's going to lead their team into the next year and so, you know, so on and so on. But for me, for them to be successful, it's figuring that out, determining what route you're going to go on defense. You know, you got plenty of holes there that you need to fix. And then, like Tree said, they're wide receivers. You got to get weapons for whoever your quarterback's going to be. You need to continue to figure out who your running back is. Whether it's Adrian Peterson, you know, guys, the other ones you drafted and then you picked up in free agency. I mean, you got a lot of decisions you got to make out in the NFC East. We already, you know, discussed last week. That's not an easy division between the Cowboys and where the Giants are and then where the Eagles, you know, who won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. You guys aren't looking like you're going to be winning a division anytime soon. So you got to get a lot of stuff figured out now and then you got to build from there. Yeah. What? When do you guys recall the first time that you heard the possibility of Daniel Jones going to the Giants? Not just saw it in a mock draft, but it felt like, what, a week or two before the draft, it was like 
there's a real possibility this happens. Uh, mine was when it happened. When it happened. So, <laughs> yeah. so, my, so my, I think it was for a lot of people. I've seen some hilarious Giants fans' reactions videos to that pick. But my question, I guess, is going into that draft, do you guys think Washington was thinking we might get Dwayne Haskins? Or do you think they were totally blindsided thinking he was gone by six? You know, that's a really, no, that's a really good question. I think they probably had it in their minds where if the Giants did decide to go defense first and hope that he fell to 16, that they would trade up into the top 10 and get him. Because I do think that is who they were looking for in the draft. I also think Montez Sweat was another guy they were looking at. So for the fact that both of them fell and then they had the opportunity to get back into the first round and get their guys, in a sense, you could say they won this draft. I mean, yeah. you know, they got the guys they wanted, and the only thing they had to do was trade back into the first round. You didn't have to trade up further in the first round to give up, you know, a ton of picks to move up that far. So for them, it kind of worked out in their favor. And then to answer the Daniel Jones questions or question, I heard it maybe two or three weeks before that, you know, Dave Gettleman was really interested in him, and he was saying Haskins just to kind of be like, yeah, we don't want anyone thinking we're taking Daniel Jones because he didn't want to have to go defense first and then say someone gets to Daniel Jones, like the Broncos, you know, or the Bengals or the Dolphins. I, those are the two teams I don't think anybody was really discussing on them getting a quarterback besides us. Yeah. So for me, that's kind of where I was with it. Yeah. So you actually brought up a good point here. And, well, I guess it wasn't really a point, but topic that – they have AP, right? And they have guys. They they drafted Bryce Love. At this point, do you I mean, I guess you hold on to AP because you don't know how guys is going to return from that ACL and Love is also coming off of an ACL. So you kind of need him at the start, but you would hope like as a fan of the Redskins, they would not be giving him carries after like week like 7. Like six or seven, once you feel like Geis and Love are are have come back and they can like kind of split that load, where neither of them have to be the workhorse. Just let them split it. Let them do literally 50-50. AP's not helping you in the future, and you're like you've said, this division's tough. You're not winning this division. I mean, they they actually had a pretty good chance last year, which is surprising. But I I truly don't believe that they're going to win it. So, like, to me, I would hope that, like, after you feel comfortable with those two splitting the workload, AP might even just get released. Like, don't waste, don't waste valuable time, I guess is my point. I look at it in the sense of keep him so you're able to save Geis and Love for when you are ready. You know what I mean? If yeah. you don't think you're going to win a division or you're going to be that competitive— why continue to have your younger guys get beat up when they're both coming off ACL injuries? If you got an old workhorse, you know, who wants to run the ball, who was a part of that style in the NFL when he came in and from college, give him the rock, dude, because you don't have a, a solidified quarterback. That's going to help Haskins. We already know he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's shifty. He's still got it. He proved that last year. Really what you need for the Redskins is to solidify your defense, fix those holes, get yourself some offensive playmakers, that can consistently make plays on that side of the ball and then get your special team some help because they don't do anything on special teams. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just, for me, I, I would rather 
with those two, if you could get it so those two were splitting carries, they're not going to take that beating that like that AP would do if he's doing the whole thing, and you get them like back into actually playing football after the exactly. ACL. We've seen it, but literally besides AP, nobody's come back from an ACL and been themselves their their first like five or six games. Exactly. So, There's yeah. no need to rush them. So I. Yep. I think you just kind of talked yourself through that, which was it was really nice to see. Yeah, it was nice. Good, good to see. It's fun, though, that, you know, Haskins ends up – I didn't really think about that until we were talking about it just now that Haskins ended up in that division, and I can visualize his reaction. I'm sure you guys saw it. I know Doug mentioned it, the episode immediately after the draft, when the Giants took Jones, you know, Haskins just kind of shrugged his shoulders and – Yeah, you know, I mean, that's all you can do, though, is as a prospect. Exactly. Once you get drafted or skipped over, like, what else are you going to do? Yep. Um, but speaking of the draft, we've all agreed that, like, it's one of our favorite events, right? Like, one of our favorite things. So, one thing that we were kind of talking about this weekend was, what are our favorite sporting events of the year? Because, obviously, the Kentucky Derby was this weekend, um, I was betting on it because I'm a degenerate gambler. I had Austin tell me who he thought would win, so I bet on them. No, I didn't win any of my bets, so that was fun. Super glad I did it all. But it honestly, Kentucky Derby is a super fun event, mainly because it's two minutes long. Like you just wait for it to start. I, I know, I know. There's for days leading up to it and hours. Right. There's other races, but like the Kentucky Derby, it's just one race. And so to me, it's one of the funner sporting events. So, Austin, I guess my question to you is what are your top three sporting events of the year that you always look forward to? Yeah. So my answers are going to seem a little basic, um, just kind of give some background. I'm from a really small town. So, you know, the visualization of other sports really wasn't there. I didn't grow up watching soccer or hockey. My high school didn't have that. We had three basic sports of football, basketball, baseball, make it four for track, you know, and the same thing for the women's side. It was volleyball, basketball, softball, and track. So there wasn't too much going on at my high school, just being as small as we were. So growing up, I mean, those were the sports I watched. And my top three is going to be the NBA Finals just because that's another level of competition that's when you really start to see those guys just kind of buckle down, play defense. They're going fast on offense, you know what I mean? It's it's taken to another level even once they're through the playoffs. You know, once they're in the finals, you're like, okay, this is the NBA. This is when the best players in the world are playing at their best instead of, okay, here's another, you know, back-to-back game. In the middle of February, I'm a little tired right now coming off the All-Star break, first half of the season, yada, yada, yada. Right now, it's like I only have four more games, and I'm going to give it all I got. And a perfect example, that's LeBron James. I mean, I watched him take over the NBA Finals several times, and it's kind of awkward. Not awkward. It's going to be weird not seeing him in the Finals this year because since 2011, 2010, when I was a freshman in high school, LeBron James has been in the NBA Finals, and now that I'm 23 years old, the dude's not in there, and it's just an awkward thing to see, and you're really starting to see a new age of the NBA come in. You know what I mean? The Bucks, the Bucks are good. The Jazz were in the playoffs. I haven't seen them in the playoffs in a while. And I mean, nothing against you guys, but in all honesty, you just haven't. So for me, that's my top one. Therese, do you want me to go my next two or do you want to go for your second one? Yeah, just, just go all three. Okay. And uh, my next one's the MLB playoffs. That's another level of baseball. I don't know how big of baseball fans you guys are. You want to go ahead and answer that real quick? 
Yeah. Um, do you know whose team is the best in the MLB right now? Uh, Hitting-wise, the Kansas City Royals. Two fingers pointing at this guy, Minnesota Twins. What's up, everybody? Best oh. best record in baseball. <laughs> that's that's funny. Um, which team leads the MLB in the most triples? Wins matter, bro. I don't fucking care about triples. Speed kills. <laughs> Apparently not not good enough. Cause <laughs> hey, man, our pitching <laughs> sucks. Okay, we don't have any pitching. I actually love that you're a Royals fan because like. Obviously, they're in the same division with the Twins, so we can have a lot of back and forth this year. We, I mean, of course, everything by, else that we already go back and forth on. Yeah, and by back and <laughs> forth, I mean me just giving you shit every time the Twins. <laughs> we'll see. It looks like we're going to play some bets on those. Yeah, we will. Well, let me get my pitching back. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's your third event? Uh, third event. Oh, NFL Super Bowl. I freaking love it. It's nice to just that be the one game where everyone that I don't usually watch football with during the season, you know, wants to watch the game. And lately it's been a, hey, who is this guy? Where did he go? What does he play? Da, da, da. And I've been the guy that kind of gets to answer that. And, you know, some people get frustrated by that. But me, I really enjoy it because that's something me and my girlfriend have done the last couple of times. I don't mean to get real cheesy here, but like that's when I can tell she's super engaged and like wanting to watch the game because it's the Super Bowl and she realizes it's the last one of the year and then my attention's not on that anymore. But psych, the NFL draft follows that and in the you know Senior Bowl, so I really oh, got her with it podcast. this year. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me ask so. you guys because I've I've actually thought about this not now not from a standpoint of you know the lines have never been close. I haven't had to give it real thought, but if the Jaguars are playing in the Super Bowl or if the Chiefs are playing in the Super Bowl. How many people are you guys watching that game with, or do you need to go watch it by yourself? I would probably watch it by myself. Um, I'm a very superstitious type of person. So, like, two years ago when the Jags were in the playoffs, wild card game, my little, my little sister came over to watch the game with me, and it was just me and her. My wife went out shopping. Jags beat the Bills. So the next weekend, I'm calling my little sister saying, Brooklyn, get your ass over here. We're doing the same exact thing. Gave my wife the credit card and said, get the fuck out of here. Don't come <laughs> back for four hours. Go into, go into Pittsburgh. Beat Pittsburgh. Next weekend, Patriots. My sister has to work and can't get it off. And so I watched the game by myself, and they lost. And I truly believe if she was there, they would have been able to hold on to that fourth quarter lead. So for me, I would be watching it with whoever I was watching the first playoff games with like whoever like if they were going to that super bowl one me i had already like saved up a ton of money over the like the course of the year because i truly thought the jags had a chance at the super bowl that i was going to go to that super bowl but like if i if i wasn't going to go to it i would just be watching it with whoever i watched the first couple playoff games with no no party at my house that year yeah. i'd be way too stressed out about it that's a good list Austin, it really is. So for me, it is going to be number one is going to be the first two days of March Madness. I love the Thursday and Friday of March Madness. It is so much fun. Number two, Masters Sunday. There's nothing like watching the Masters on that Sunday. Just sitting there hoping that your guy comes back. Um, hoping that it's a good, it comes down to the final hole. And then obviously the 
obviously the draft is up there, but I'm not going to count the draft. The other one would be, honestly, I think that it's out of either the opening Sunday of football or New New Year's Day. I'm going to say New Year's Day. New Year's Day, because you got the New Year's Six Bowls. You usually have the college playoffs, the first two games of college playoff. So I'm going to go with that day. That's a pretty that's a pretty stellar list. Master Sunday, this past one, pretty good one. Pretty good there. Uh, the, guy some, in, red, in a red shirt one. Yeah, some guy by the name of Tiger Woods. I don't know who he is. I guess pretty good golfer. Legend. <laughs> maybe, maybe. One of know. the best. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. It was, it but, was uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, speaking of something awesome and something that a lot of people may not know, what is your absolutely most fire hot take that you have that just pisses people off, but you know in your heart you are right or were right when you made the take? Okay. I mean, that that's actually a really, really good question. So for me, I have a few. The first one is Fred Taylor, Jacksonville's running back, is a top five running back of all time. What? Yeah. Go look. Go look at his stats. He is a he is a Hall of Fame running back, and he's not in. He has not gotten in there, and it's disgusting. Wasn't he not. like hurt all the time at the start of his career, and he still averaged like. 4.9 yards per carry has over 11,000 yards. His career is way better than Marshawn Lynch's and Jerome Bettis and all of these other guys that are getting going to be getting into the Hall of Fame. So, what about Jamal Charles? Would you put Jamal Charles on that list? Fred Taylor is way better than Jamal Charles. Mm. <laughs> He's I way actually, better. Oh I actually man! Remember. We were in high school, Trees, but didn't Jasmine get you a Jamal Charles jersey at one point? No, she has a Jamal Charles jersey because she, she has one. She like, she knows she so knows what's up. So she Trees isn't just saying that because of yeah because of uh, his love for the Jaguars. But Fred Taylor, top five. Austin, you don't even want to like try to compute that in your brain, huh? Because you're just saying this is bullshit. Well, I'm trying to think of like the top running backs that and, I've ever played. And I'm sorry, five might be high. I'm I should say top eight. Now oh I'm, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> Listen here now, Doug. Is it Duke Johnson? That's probably who that's who Doug's is. Duke Johnson for sure. Yeah. Doug's Doug's would be here, let me just talk for Doug, everybody. Hey, I'm Doug and uh Duke Johnson is worth the first round pick. Should be the number one overall pick. <laughs> That's probably Doug right there. That's it right there. Yeah. Um, D4 Doug action. Yeah. So I, that one I don't think pisses people off that much because nobody really cares about the Jaguars. So let me go with my real one. Um, this year's Cleveland Browns, everybody wants to proclaim them the 2017 Rams. As in, we're shitty, got all these new players, head coach, and end up winning the division, going to the playoffs. That's what everybody thinks they are. I personally think that they're way more like the 2011 Eagles. Ooh, talk to me now. 
And if you guys don't understand that, that is when they got a whole bunch of players, including Vince Young, and he wanted to end up going out and saying, this is dream the dream team. team. This is the dream team. And what did they do that year, everybody? They went 8-8. Eight and eight. That's wh- That is what the Cleveland Browns are this year. They do not make the playoffs. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. They finished third in the division. Third in the division? Third in the division. Who uno, wins the division? Uno, dos, tres. And uh, the Ravens win the division. And then the Steelers are right there underneath them. Actually, this is my prediction. They both end up at 10-6, and six, but the Ravens have two wins over the Steelers, so they win it by head-to-head victory. Wow. That's pretty hot. I mean... So, hey, Doug, when you're, when you're listening to this, um, enjoy that take. Chew on, a, chew on it for a little bit and just know that you're upset right now, like you're angry, because deep down you know I'm right. You know that this Cleveland Browns team isn't going to the playoffs. And you know that 8-8 eight and eight is a successful year, especially after what happened last year, the year before, and the year before that. So Sorry. take the 8-8 eight and eight and be happy. OBJ and go Here's- sit in the corner and be happy. Exactly. Here's where Doug wants to refute this. Again, speaking on on his behalf, they won eight games last year. Seven. And no, they were eight, seven, and one, weren't they? Eight, seven, and one. Seven, seven, eight, seven, eight, one. Oh damn it! That's right. Because I just was. I remember thinking, how the hell did his team have the best season of the Jags, Lions, and Browns? But seven was the extremely high standard that he had to clear. So. Yeah, dude, suck on that, Doug. Eight and eight, man. How do you like that? Austin, what's your take? Um, I don't have anything right now. Um, but last summer, I had just gotten a new job. I just moved up to Kansas City, and I was really, you know, starting to kind of brand myself as a football guy, you know, telling people, hey, I know a lot about this. I know what's going on. I know the NFL. I know the teams. Kind of making my own little predictions, and I was talking to some fans or some new coworkers, and one was a Steelers, uh, Steelers fan, big time Steelers fan. He was so big of a Steelers fan, and was so big of a guy that he was the vice president of the company. And I looked at him and said, "You're a Steelers fan, huh?" He goes, "Yeah." I was like, "Cool, I'm a Chiefs fan. Steelers are gonna suck this next year," and he went off, like, "What?" We beat you last year. We beat you the year before that. We beat you in the playoffs. The Chiefs suck. You don't think Patrick Mahomes isn't going to do anything. We have Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, you know, Le'Veon Bell. Our defense is the best. Here comes the season. What happens? Antonio Brown, pretty good. Butted out. Not on the team. Le'Veon Bell, wanted money. Didn't get it. Didn't play. Defense kind of fell apart. Secondary's ass. Sorry about you. He was right on that. Me. They didn't necessarily suck, but boy, they were not the Pittsburgh Steelers of what he had said. They were two and three years before that every time they played the Kansas City Chiefs because when they played them last year, Patrick Mahomes said, who's your daddy? Here's six tutties, and I'll see you next year. So that was my first one. The second one, new coworkers, started the same day as I did. Tells me he's a Packers fan. I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. You know, a lot of tradition there. And Rodgers is your quarterback. Got to love that. Mike McCarthy, not the best head coach, not or not the best offensive play caller. 
bullshit, man. He's one of the best. We got one of the best offenses in the league. Aaron Rodgers doesn't do this. It's all Mike McCarthy. Halfway through the year, Mike McCarthy gets fired. This offseason, Aaron Rodgers hates him. Headed to the offense, changed half the play calls, and it was pretty much first and Aaron Rodgers, second Aaron Rodgers, third down. Aaron Rodgers, please do something again. Cool. We have another three. Rodgers, what can you do? Because Mike McCarthy, I don't know what you were doing. Maybe you were calling the right plays, and Aaron Rodgers thought he was smarter. But anywho, my whole point here is I was two for two. So maybe people should just start listening to me. If you did, your life would be a whole lot easier. Let's kind of head into another direction here. You know, last episode and this episode, we've been talking mainly on divisions in the NFL. And, Trace, you got a great question here for us. If your team could swap into another division outside of what they're originally in, so for the Kansas City Chiefs, that's the AFC West, the Jacksonville Jaguars, no one cares, AFC South, <laughs> you know, Riley, your lines, NFC North. If you could take them out of their respected division and put them in another one, which one would you choose and why? So I think I would choose the – I kind of want to choose the AFC North. One, because the Jags just have kicked the shit out of AFC North teams the last few years. But I think I would go AFC East just because – I truly believe that that means you're taking second place at worst every year. And then you just have to try to take on the Patriots. So I think I'm going to go that route, but deep down, I just want them to reorganize the divisions again, like how they did back in 2002 or whenever they did, because like a lot of people don't know this, like Jags used to be in the AFC central. And so like them, the Steelers were big rivals back in the day, but so, I mean, I, why can't we have, like, all of the California teams just in a division? And, like, the Florida teams with maybe, like, Atlanta, because it's Atlanta, Georgia's close to Florida. Like, like a lot less travel around the world for these teams if you just have all the divisions closer. And, obviously, there's teams that move, right? Oakland's moving to Vegas, and St. Louis moved to L.A., and that'll throw off everything, right? But football's a hard enough sport. Austin, you brought up a great point a little bit ago about when we were talking about Le'Veon Bell not showing up to camp, like how flying is really hard on people's bodies and stuff. If everybody's closer, it's less travel time. No, I mean, and that's a good point, but I think that's exactly what the NFL wants. You know, they want that travel. They want fans to be able to see different teams from different parts of the, you know, the nation twice a year i mean if you're in california you're only seeing california teams you're gonna get kind of bored of the nfl if that's all you're seeing are teams in california yeah but it's, you're seeing the same teams no matter what anyways well yeah but i mean you know those guys are from a different part of the country yeah that's fair but I, there's just that rival factor but i get what you're saying but to answer your question sorry i went off topic there to answer your question i'm gonna choose AFC. i'm actually gonna go with afc north I gave my reason for AFC East, but I'm going to say AFC North because I want to kick the shit out of the Steelers. I think the Ravens are a tough team. Bengals suck. AJ Green's fucking soft, and the Browns are the Browns. Man, I, you just really hate the AFC North. Like, it's not even <laughs> just the Browns. It's the entire division itself. It's Yeah, I, I'm sorry that I hate teams that suck. That's the thing. They don't suck. I mean, Jaguars 
played them two years ago and kicked the shit out of every last one of them. Two years ago. You're living in the past still? They didn't play them last year, bruh. So I'm going to go off of the last time they played. <laughs> That's what fair. About when, what about when they played them before that, bruh? Actually the, Steel- actually, the Jags have a winning record against the Steelers and the Browns, and I think they have a losing record against the Ravens, but they've kicked the shit out of the Ravens the last couple times they played them, and I I don't know the record with the Jags and Bengals, but it's the fucking Bengals. Like, they're from Cincinnati. Who cares? Yeah, as much as, much as I love the banter between you two, I actually, thinking about it now, would love if Teresa's team and Doug's team were in the same division. That would be a lot of fun. I would basically sign off on the Lions going to just about any other division besides the one that they're in. Three really tough teams year in and year out that they've got to beat. But I guess if I picked one, just for the proximity, I'd like it if they were in the NFC West because Arizona, San Francisco, Seattle, you know, it'd be a closer travel for me to, to see the Lions most likely lose. But, you know, I'm just so down on the Lions right now. And it's because they're not very good. I think that's fair. <laughs> Spe- speaking of the Lions, you posted that thing on Twitter about Stafford and if they oh, man. and holy shit Twitter blew up on that thing we had like 180 like messages on that it was ridiculous there were a lot of opinionated Lions fans and sorry I'm gonna I'm gonna pause that segment because I want Austin to tell his thing and then I'm gonna move back over to that so Austin go ahead no I want to stay with that oh okay that's that's good for us because that was completely off of talking football site. I don't know if we gained any followers, but we got a lot of good conversation going there, and a lot of people were able to share their opinions that I don't think a lot of people have yet. I don't think that's a conversation that's really kind of hit you know the mainstream media, and if it does, we're going to be the reason why, and I want us to continue to grow off of that because that's a really good question. That's a really good scenario that, could very potentially happen after this season or next. Yeah. No one's talking about it yet. Exactly. And here's my here's my take, right? So I've already said, I said it last episode, I think when they move on from Stafford, I think it's time. I think that they've paid him a lot of money. He has not led them to anything. Like they've he's led them to a couple playoffs, but no playoff wins. It's time to move on. And a lot of people can say it's because they haven't had a defense, they haven't had a running game, they haven't had this, blah, 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 blah. If I was mediocre or had an excuse, if I had an excuse every time I did something wrong at my job, my boss would not keep giving me excuses. So why are we giving an athlete that's getting paid millions of dollars? Go ahead. I don't think, I don't think anyone's making excuses about him. They're making it for him. You know what I mean? Like He's not the one saying, Here, I'm trying to put it in this sense. It's like having a job that you're continuously waiting for to get better and you have your bosses continuously telling you, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, it's going to help with this and it's going to help with that. And then you know, you'll know you reap the rewards of it and you'll be the leader of it. But in all reality, they turn around and walk out of the room and nothing changes. You don't hear anything about it. You know, da, 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 da. It's like talking the talk, but you're not walking anywhere. Yeah. So at some point for him, it's just like, I'm going to work trying to do the best that I can and I'm not getting any support from the people around me or the people above me. And it's ultimately making me look like 
the worst player or the reasoning behind it. Just in a sense where I think if he goes somewhere else and he has a running back and a defense that's solidified or maybe a better schematic coach, the, we're talking about a totally different player here. Maybe yeah. that's just me, but that's how I'm looking at it with Stafford. Uh, I just think paid, he needs a new... If you $100 million, you should not have to rely on a coach for a better scheme. Like, you should be talented enough to get your team somewhere. So, that, what's, what's up with Aaron Rodgers then? Why is this not the same thing being said for Aaron Rodgers? Because Aaron Rodgers wins playoff games. You're, the Lions are in the same division. They're the worst team in that division. They just keep digging themselves holes. What are they doing to get themselves out of it besides saying, hey, Stafford, be like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you can't because we don't have anything else around you. We can't build the team around you. The Packers can at least do that. No, I think that I think that the Lions have way better skill players than the Packers. That proves my point even more than they don't have a schematic coach for them. They're just giving him all this money for him to stay in a situation that sucks, and he's made to look like the reasoning for it. I think if he goes on any other team, we're looking at Matthew Stafford as one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, if not top five. Okay. All right. I mean, so, I, I, think, I think Stafford is talented, but I just think that at some point, something has to change, and if you're not going to continue to, if you, like you're saying, continue to not give a guy talent, then move on from him and get something in return so you can try to make that change. I just don't see a point in keeping a guy, keeping a guy, and then not really like doing anything for him. You're not doing either of yourself a favor. And that's right as again, or that's right as well. Here's the other point that I have. How long did he have Megatron on the same team as him? Six years? Seven years? And how many times do you think he was told Give the ball to Calvin. Give Calvin his touches. Make it happen. And that's where the focus of their offense was. There was no running back. There was no wide receiver, too. And there really wasn't a tight end. Right now, I think that's what they're trying to do. And you kind of see it in the draft with them taking Hawkinson at eight. Yeah. And they tried to do that last year. And, you know, I said this last episode. They told Stafford this last year not to put everything on your back. Take a step back. Relax. Don't take as many chances. You know, our defense can da-da-da-da-da. And that's something what the Patriots do with Tom Brady, and that's what Matt Patricia's trying to do with Sam or with uh, Matt Stafford, and he's not used to it. And I think that was a lot of his issues last year. So I think heading into this next year, we're going to see a different guy. I think we're going to see a different team, and I'm excited for it. So, so here's what Rod Wood said in an article that just came out today. Rod Wood, by the way, is the GM of the Lions. Or not the GM, the owner. Not the owner. Jesus Christ. President, so Rod Wood, president of the Lions, came out and said today, this is a direct quote that I'm reading because it's spot on with what you just said, Austin. Quoting him, he said, we didn't have as much success last year, including Matthew, and I'm sure he'd tell you the same thing. He has a unique arm. He makes throws that nobody else can make. With the offense that we'll have this year and the ability to keep teams on their back feet, hopefully, and not know that number nine is going to drop back and pass it 50 times, He'll have the year that many expected him to have last year. And I think you're exactly right, Austin. Like, I always loved Stafford, but the game for me when I, like, was all in on Stafford was the season opening game against the Colts the year after Calvin retired. Because I saw a fire from Stafford that I hadn't seen previous. 
And I was so nervous with Calvin retiring until I realized like, no, he's actually a better quarterback here because now he's just throwing to guys that are open instead of trying to get the ball to Calvin where he admitted, he's like, I felt like a lot of times I had to just cause he's, he's as good as he is, but it's such a, and that's why like I, I tagged four people, I think in that tweet from the talking football account when I threw that out there, because obviously there's so many variables, but it's a touchy thing because myself included, a lot of people love Matthew Stafford. I do agree, Austin. I think if Stafford was the Jaguars quarterback two years ago, easily they could have won the Super Bowl. I think he's a very talented player. That being said, there also is at some point you just change. You know, you, 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 I don't want the Lions to change. I hope that Stafford has a good year this year. If he does, you're like, hey, this is 31 years old. He still has plenty of years in the tank. But it makes for an interesting topic for sure. And uh, we definitely, every one of you that, uh, you know, replied on the tweet on our account and stuff, we very much appreciate your feedback. Keep the replies coming. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Until some people started taking like personal shots at people where it's just like, okay, let's keep this football. But to go off of your point, saying that Stafford, if he was on the Jaguars two years ago, like they would have won it. You could have said that literally about 25 other starting quarterbacks. So that's not really saying much. That's, but that's true. I guess, that's a fair point. I guess my main point is because I do like Stafford. Like I, I know it comes across that I don't, and I, I really do like him. Yeah. But for me, just as a fan, I am not okay with just continuing to do the same fucking thing over and over and over. Like it's just I don't like it. I I think that fans, I and I I don't know if other people feel this way if it's just like kind of me and just being like negative but like i hate fans that feel like they have to go with whatever the organization is doing and just agree with it because you're a fan of that team like it's okay to disagree with what your team is doing and like have these conversations that doesn't make you a bad fan you don't have to be stupid to be a fan like stupidity is not like something you sign a contract on on like okay i'm gonna be a fan now of say the jaguars so i need to be stupid and always support what that they, they're doing and i hate the excuses that fans give for teams like just be real with your team i, I mean like the jazz I, and i'm sorry i know this is football and we're going to the like basketball here but like jazz fans are always like well we're just a small market team so that's why we're never gonna win no, I, I fucking hate that mentality. I hate yeah. it, and I hate like sticking with the same thing over and over and over. Like, it yeah. just bothers me. Uh, Therese, very well said. You guys know how much I love Stafford. Well established by now. But that's what I said in response to one of those tweets was, listen, I want the guy to be successful, but more than wanting Matthew Stafford to be successful, I want the Lions organization to win. And, you know. It does. It's been like 10 years in a row. Let's just get a run game, get a defense, and, and we'll drop back. But anyway, yeah, good stuff. Wow, that, that went on a side, side road so, there. Um, so, so Austin, Austin. What, what division do you want the Chiefs to be in? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Trees, you kind of stole it there for a little bit, but mine was going to be the AFC East just due to the fact that the Chiefs match up well against the Patriots. Ignore the playoff you know, dispute that happened to us last this last year, uh, Bob Sutton's gone. The Chiefs are a better team. You know they're a new organization now. They're fresh, so they're ready to go. But I would like to see him in the AFC East, just to get a change of scenery. Getting to see the Patriots twice a year, 
knowing that you could be the reason why they don't make the playoffs would be fantastic because they always seem to lose at least one game in Miami. Miami can be a distracting city. I think that happens. You go down to Miami the night before, different atmosphere, a lot going on, a lot of fun. Then you come in and the Dolphins are going, we're playing the Patriots, we need to be serious this week, more serious than we were previously. We need to beat them. And I'll even go to say here, just another real hot take, I bet I would not be surprised if the Dolphins beat the Patriots twice this next season, if they beat them both times. I like that, because I was actually going to bring this up when we do our AFC stuff, so next episode, but who do you think win takes second place in that division? The Jets. You think the Jets? I'm, go- I'm going with the Bills. I don't think the Bills are prepared for that, and I don't think Josh Allen is ready. They're just now getting their offensive line solidified. Shady's got to stay healthy. Their receivers aren't the best. I mean, they're short, fast guys, but you don't have, you know, the guy there for them. Their defense is getting better. Their defense is a lot better than, I think, you know, what the NFL or what other media members give attention to. But I don't think they're ready to be second in the division. I think the Jets, their defense is better. Their offense is a hell of a lot better. They got a new coach. Now that I'm sitting here talking, I'm kind of talking myself out of it because the Bills, the Bills just needed experience during the season because their head coach, their coaching staff set in place. Their defense isn't bad. Josh Allen's going into his second year with an offensive line and weapons. And he's got, yeah, he's got speedsters. Like he's got, he's got some like just unknown weapons. The they're I just they're talked myself players. out of that. Yeah, I just talked cool. myself like into it. agreeing with you. I love it. I love it. I seem like I feel like I do that a lot. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Um, I think it would be awesome if our teams were able to switch divisions like that. I, I can only imagine what you would be like two times a year waking up on a Sunday to watch the Steelers play, or sorry, to watch them, the Chiefs play the Patriots. Sorry, I don't know why I said the Steelers. Um, which brings me to my next thing that I'm I'm always interested. I love hearing, like as a football fan, I love to hear what people do. So, and it can be Saturdays or Sundays. What is your guys' routine Saturday or Sunday morning before games start? I have absolutely nothing planned. That's it. Like, so you just wake up and you just like hang out at the house until games start? Like, I wake up. I relax. I take my shower. I eat breakfast or lunch, depending on what time it is. And then I'll sit my ass down on that couch. I'll watch the pregame show. And when the game's on, I'm on my phone watching Twitter reactions and reporters just in case I miss anything and kind of have an idea what else is going on in the NFL. And then I watch the game and I really don't do anything else. I'm so glad that you said that, Austin, because when I saw this uh, idea, I was like, man, I really don't. I got a shower and I thought maybe I'm just weird. Like there's just this like get fresh, get ready, get mentally clear. And then to what? To just go back and sit on the couch. And a couple of years ago, the Lions were getting their ass kicked to the Packers and I fell asleep anyway. I'm like that shower didn't do anything. But for me, that's all it is. I don't do fantasy football, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, dude, I just I wake up shower. I wake up super, super excited for the game. Take a quick shower, eat breakfast and sit back. Teresa, cool. I imagine it's a lot more for you because you've got lineups you're setting and yeah. So my routine is very different. So I we wake up super early. Me and my wife take the dogs up into the mountains. 
we do we do a walk in the in the mountains and then we come back turn the tv on i start setting my fantasy lineup and i make her breakfast every single sunday because i know and she knows deep down in her heart that i'm going to be in front of the tv for the next 11 hours ignoring the shit out of her whatever she says in one ear out the other and she knows it so make her breakfast and then i usually set up sometimes i set up two tvs in my main room so i have sunday ticket so one team one i have sunday ticket on watching either the jet mainly the jags game but i'll do the dual mode and so i'll have the jags game and then i'll have another game on that i really want to watch and then my other team i have strictly red zone on and so then i'm just sitting there all day just watching that usually by the time the halftime is of the first game I'll, i might run to the gas station real quick and get some beer and then come back and drink some beer during the afternoon games but usually it's just that and since the jags haven't had any like sunday night or monday night games mm-hmm. in the last 10 years like i that's not nothing special to me there like it's just me just watching it watching games he made it real sad there all the way at the end he's just like <laughs> Oh, this is really cool, really cool, and boom, we have nothing for the last 10 years. Well, the Jags just don't on Sunday nights. There's nothing sad about not having a Sunday night game. It's just it's frustrating. But awesome. real quick, I'm going to go ahead and take a note. You're going to hear me click my pen because I'm going to write down this note. How to handle game day with the girl because last season, are you going to just sit here and watch this all day? Why don't you talk to me during the game? It's nothing against you. But are you number 15 playing quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs right now? Doing really, really good? No. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. My Here, bad. Here's an iPad. Watch watch the Netflix. <laughs> Here you go, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's oh. awesome. <laughs> Speaking of Sunday night games, Austin, um, I don't know. The Chiefs have what, like seven primetime games this upcoming year. I know last year the Lions played week three against the Patriots. And every time I watch a Sunday night game, and, and I don't know about you guys, but Chris Collinsworth seems to get a lot of flack. I actually really like him. I think he's tremendous at what he does. Every time I've watched those games, I'm like, man, I wish the Lions were playing in this game. Then when they do, that game honestly feels like it's a half hour long. It feels like it just goes by in the blink of an eye. Austin, I don't know if from watching Chiefs games, how that is. Um, but just the anticipation of all day, like finally the, the primetime game, and then it just comes and goes. Again, usually with the Lions losing. So with the Chiefs, the last three or four years, I mean, they've been pretty competitive. I mean, everyone knows that. You know, it's not like a secret or just me blowing smoke. They've been in the playoffs. You know, they've been winning the AFC West. And so they've had about five to seven primetime games each year. And a not last season, but the season before, I had an opportunity to watch them play every team in the division on a Sunday night, Monday night, and Thursday night. And it was absolutely electric. Great atmosphere. It was awesome. So, like, those games getting to go to are so much fun just due to the fact that they're at night. You get more time to tailgate. You get more time to kind of soak in the game. Me, I was in college at the time, so it was, you know, you're on a road. You're on the road there to the game. You're getting excited. You're pumped up. You tailgate. You go into the game. The Chiefs are usually wearing red on red. The atmosphere is just 
amazing. I know I've said that like three times now, but it's just so different. And then everyone's so pumped to be there because it's a night game. You know, it's the only game on TV. Everyone's watching. So for being a Chiefs fan, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, you know, for Chiefs to say the last 10 years he hasn't had a primetime game, kind of sorry because we've had a lot of them and they're pretty freaking cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, life of a Jags fan. And I'm not counting Thursday night as a primetime game, everybody. When everybody wants to come at me like saying that they have, yeah, I'm not counting Thursday nights. Um, Well, no, pause. I'm I'm glad it's bullshit. Yes, it is. Time out. Time out. Why is it not? Timeout. I'm burning a 30 second timeout here. Austin, your reaction was gold because I thought about it. I'm like, oh, I'll just let it go. But I know Trees for years has never been a big fan of Thursday night football. I'm guessing that you are, Austin. And I don't know if that's just because the Chiefs participate, but let's have this brief little debate here because Trees, you've got your reasons why you're not a fan of Thursday games. Let's hear them. Well, let me clear this up. The Chiefs participate in just about everything but a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I got some experience there, okay? (laughs) Thursday night, I love it when it happens off of a bye week for a team. I think it's starting to be something just player-wise. I think it's, you know, more harmful. That's quick turnaround. You're just not recovering from the game you played on Sunday, and you you expect them to go full force four days later. Kind of a hard thing to do. So whether... It's a travel or if it's off a bye or it's timed perfectly, you know what I mean, where they, they played a Monday night game and then they go play a Thursday game and they get that extra break and that extra rest period. I think that's fine. But for Thursday night game, other than that, I like them. They're exciting. I don't know why you wouldn't count them as a primetime game. It's kind of the the start of the week in the NFL. You're not waiting as long, not necessarily in the middle of your week, but it's something to look forward to till the weekend starts. So for you to not count it as a primetime game, I think it's kind of BS. And then that also makes your statement of them not having a primetime game in the last 10 years false because they have those hideous color rush jerseys. <laughs> okay, first off, they wore those one time and haven't worn them since. But second, when I said in, 10 years, in 10 years, I did specify Sunday night and Monday night game. That's what I said. So thank you for listening. And second, the reason why I don't like my team on Thursday nights is because of the point you just gave. Because the team is not healthy. They're beat up. So now the one time I get to see them on national television and like everybody's watching them, it's always when the Jags are fucking beat up. And I know the other team is too, but it's just not as good as a football game as I want that I'd rather see on a Sunday night game. And I also hate going into Sunday knowing my team is already played. That's what I hate most about Thursday night games. And it's Thursday night games when my team plays. When... When it's another team, I love Thursday night games. I love coming home from work and watching games. It's just my team. I don't want them to be on Thursday night and then not getting a Sunday night or Monday night game. I mean, that's a, that makes sense. Because the Chiefs last year, they played the Ravens on Sunday, turned right around and played the Chargers on Thursday night football. Yeah. And they end up losing that Thursday night game, right? They did. Yeah. After a tough, hard-fought game exactly. against Baltimore. Exactly. The, the Baltimore game that they should have lost. I don't know, Jim. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> um, but um, before we move on to this next thing, I do want to say for all of our listeners, you guys tweet at the Talking Football Twitter account. Tell us your Sunday or Saturday routines. Like, what do you do? We will review it. 
Don't know how many we get, but we'll review them. And whoever has the most or the best one, our favorite routine, we will ship you guys a t-shirt for free. You guys can have a free talking football shirt. Um, all right, cool. Glad that that's over with. Um, so going on, I, I just, maybe it's just cause Doug's not here and I just want to fucking shit on the Browns. Just sadly. I don't know. Seriously. Let's talk about most overrated, overhyped players. They not not necessarily overrated. Just who's who's just super fucking hyped by the media all the time that you're just like they're not as good as what they get hyped. Uh, I'm glad you just mentioned the Browns because I was thinking this today. Uh, AFC North quarterbacks, aside from Big Ben, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. Why are we talking about them so much? Yes, Baker Mayfield made some plays, but it's also plays that some quarterbacks do make. But because it's with the Browns, we're going to overblow it. And I'm sick and tired of them being, oh, he's the next Brett Favre. He's had one freaking year this shit. Like, get over it. I mean, he has to have his feet set before he throws every ball. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, he's got a good base when he throws. But at the same time, it's, yeah, he's going to run out. Then he's going to stop, get his feet set, and launch the ball. Yes, there are two or three plays in his highlight reel that you've seen probably 50 freaking times this offseason where his feet aren't set. But I think that's one guy that's just being overblown, and that's because Cleveland haven't has not had a quarterback in forever. And I would not be surprised at this next year if he's not as good. And I kind of hope he isn't just because I'm tired of hearing about him already. I totally agree with you there. And then with Lamar Jackson, I don't – it was so annoying that I didn't even read who said it. But someone said Lamar Jackson has the potential to be one of the next yes bung, one of the next best young quarterbacks in the NFL, like a higher potential ceiling than Patrick Mahomes. And I just How? laughed and like kept on scrolling. How can your ceiling be higher than Mahomes? It can't. Exactly. Thank you, Riley. But yeah. to me, those those are my overhyped players right there. What about outside of the quarterback position? Because I feel like we could target a few quarterbacks, but I'm curious, do you guys got hyped players at other positions? Jalen Ramsey? Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> and this isn't just to just talk smack on Treese here. He just talks too much. I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. He talked all this smack last year. And boy, he faced it. DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Josh Allen, all these guys shut him up. Everything Josh, he's... Josh Allen? Josh Allen had two completions, two completions <laughs> for 18 yards against him. Yeah, he attacked the he attacked the safeties. Don't don't put that on Jalen Ramsey. Two, two. He ty- said he was trash. He ty- said he was absolutely trash. He what happened? Still Boom. is trash. He still is trash. You literally said that earlier this episode that he was still trash. <laughs> I, I did not. Boy, well, you're heated. Tyreek Hill had one catch against him. Like uh, one, one false. catch. False. Look at the stat line. Go back and look it up and tell me he only had one. Okay. He had one big one that one, really just shot yeah, Ramsey yeah, up, and the crowd went wild. Yeah, they got they me off the couch. Good. Yeah, yeah, because because you realize how great he is that you're like, holy shit, somebody just got open on him. No, it's because your defense talked mad shit the week before. Was it Telvin Smith that just laughed about him? 
that just laughed about the Chiefs' offense, what happened? We literally ended your guys' season. After that, it was like a freaking derailing the train. You guys just kept going farther and farther down the hill because you're like, damn, our quarterback sucks. He just threw an interception off our offensive lineman's helmet. He okay. just got juked out by Chris Jones. Tyreek Hill just burnt Ramsey on the sideline. Burnt Ramsey on the side. Burning Ramsey. Burning. Burning would be like literally like what he did against everybody else, where he like caught it and then like fucking went for the touch, went for a touchdown. He literally caught it and Ramsey tripped him up right as he caught it. He did not like trip was, him up. He was running so damn fast. He just had to step out because he didn't no, want to hurt himself. Yeah, that's fine. You 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 go ahead and support it. But go ahead and support. I do think he's just overrated due to the fact. Not necessarily maybe over it, just overhyped. Like, everyone talks about him all the time. I mean, it's the same thing with Richard Sherman for a little bit. Like, I just get tired of hearing about the same guys over and over, just like I am some people are about Patrick Mahomes right now. Yeah. Spe- yeah, speaking of overhyped players. Don't you fuck I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just, like, I'll drop that bomb right Austin, there. Don't you Austin's even. Face. Austin's face was like, dude, there was this, like, moment in his eyes where he's just like, are you seriously about to say this? Because, yeah, no, nah, dude, that's <laughs> – don't go there. Don't yeah, I'm really that's not. That's a line. <laughs> that's a wall. Yeah. No, I'm really not going that that route. I mean, Mahomes was nothing short of spectacular, so there's really nothing I can say there. Um, I can't wait for this year and the Jags defense to be back to what it was, and then you have to just sit there and be like, God damn it, he is fucking good. Like, Ramsey is really fucking good. I, I can't I just think he's overhyped. He's yeah. just shut up. You don't need to be running your mouth in a magazine. So when people play you, that's the one thing they're looking to do. And when it happens, everyone goes nuts. It's like, hey, probably shouldn't rain your mouth. That's what, yeah, but you, that's what people want to be. That's what the NFL wants. I mean, you're getting paid to talk. Like, you're literally. No, you're not getting paid to talk. Game. You're getting paid to play. No. Oh, oh, he didn't get paid to be on that in that magazine. Hey, uh, shut up and shit. play. Shut up and play. No, I I'm better, ki- I I'm kidding call- when I said that. I'm kidding saying that. I Everyone pipe the fuck down. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is awesome. This um, is awesome. Okay, so well, my overhype. You said let's not go quarterbacks. My uh, my overhype player was going to be Cam Newton. I've okay. given plenty of stats of why I don't think he's that good of a player. Your takes last episode were spot on. Honestly, I had never considered Cam Newton's lifespan being as short as it is, but you guys both seem to agree on that. Austin, you did. Um, so, yeah, that's that's good. I mean, you definitely go quarterback, but you, you did address last week Cam Newton's stuff. So, yeah, outside of quarterback, what do you got, Trees? I So, for me, actually, you kind of touched on it. It was Richard Sherman. So, he, I, I honestly thought he was one of the more overhyped guys back in the day when he was like that. I thought it was Earl Thomas that made that defense and made that Legion of Boom where – Sherman was always knowing that he could be playing it short because he knew that he had Earl Thomas over the top. And so that's kind of my thought on on Sherman. Given he has played he did play pretty well with the Niners one on one last year, um, when he was in man to man defense. So overall, him I'm just trying to think of like who else who else has been like that guy that has been like overhyped that like everybody else loved and i might just i'm trying to think of like nfc east teams because obviously like all, like espn and all of them always talk about the nfc east um Eli Manning. 
I feel like everyone shits on him now, though. So that is yeah, wrong. exactly. You can't you can't go that route, right? I used to think Le'Veon Bell, but I realized I was quickly just turned to hating hating him in a sense because he would just run all over Kansas City. If you watch half his highlight tape is against the Chiefs, and you see Daniel Swanson get his ankles broken about two or three times because he can't just run straight at him. He's got to stop too. And then when Le'Veon Bell goes one way, Sorensen goes the other, and you're just sitting there frustrated as a Chiefs fan. But that's another topic. You know, that's another story for another day that we'll never have to talk about again. I'm surprised. So. I'm surprised you didn't go with Michael Thomas, Austin. I would say that's well, one. This is this is like I I totally will disagree with you, but like I'm surprised you didn't because you, I I know that you're pretty adamant about that. I just didn't think of it quick enough to be honest with you, but yeah, I do feel like. A lot of him getting open is just because of, you know, a schematic scheme. Drew Brees being good at his progressions. He ta- he catches the ball when it's thrown his way, but I just don't see him doing anything outside of what another receiver has done besides just continuously catch the ball because he's getting several targets, but also being open due to the scheme. Gotcha. Um, I'll go with mine. I, I kind of thought of mine. LaShawn McCoy. I just don't think that... I think he had like two, maybe three really good years in Philly. And it was because like he was that new style of running back, that shifty, like being able to cut cut on a dot. That's funny. I think his Twitter handle is cut on a dime. But cut on a dime and go. And like he was like always holding his the ball out, right? Like not taking care of it. And like it was just new. And so I think he had a lot of success early. And then Ever, I feel like the last like four years, and I could be wrong, but like the last three or four years, like it's been like 3.5 yards per carry, and just like he gets his yards by just pure volume, not so much actually being that good of a player. And a lot of that's just due to the offensive line in Buffalo. But I think with one thing with these running backs, I mean, it used to be I had the same kind of feelings with Deshaun Jackson. Like he was just a little overrated, overhyped, you know? Everyone talked about how good he was and how fast he was. He caught a couple deep balls, and that was about it. And you kind of see the same thing with Tyreek Hill, but then you see him go up for a ball and come down with it, similar to what an Antonio Brown can do. You know, you're going to yeah. throw the ball up. Can they go up between two defenders and come down with it? Yeah, Hill is twice Sean the Jackson, player. no. Yeah, Hill's twice the player that did Sean Jackson's ever been. Absolutely. It, it seems like defensively there's guys that, you know, are, are highlighted players contract situation comes up they change teams and then there's two that come to mind that i'm like okay it was such a big deal when they left but i don't know how good they were when they left one is ndamukong sue when he left the lions that was like a you know big debate that summer he obviously leaves i know he was better with the dolphins but he just didn't have that production that warranted that big contract the other was josh norman you guys remember in 2015 he was such a big part of that panthers team goes to washington and Maybe you guys could fill me in. I don't. I didn't follow him very close, but were those guys great in other systems and on other teams that warranted those contracts, or does that happen defensively more than it does offensively? I think it happens more defensively. And Norman was really good his first year in Washington, like was really good. And then he's kind of died off ever since. And Sue, Sue was always he always was good in Miami. I think that it was just because it was he's in Miami and nobody talks about the dolphins. Like the dolphins are not big in Miami and in Florida. Like they're just not like it's, it's the Miami heat and it's Miami hurricanes. Like 
the Dolphins are like third, third or fourth tier in that city. Yeah, that's a good point. Where Where do you guys think Indomitkinsu is going to sign? Is he signed anywhere right now? Is he still a free agent? Still a free agent, and I think um, tomorrow is the day where it starts. If any free agent signs uh, to a big contract, um, the team that he left uh, does not get uh, an extra pick, right, Austin? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I, if it's tomorrow or not. It, it's it was someday this week. I just don't know if it was today or tomorrow. But either way, I think at this point it's people that sign. They the other teams aren't getting picks for them for them leaving. Yeah, uh, Trace. I think you're right. You know, it is going to be here in the next couple of days. I'm not sure which day it is either. Um, let's go ahead and get into our last segment here before wrapping up the episode. Um, great question here from our wonderful. Riley O'Brien, you know, really nice guy. You guys should hit him up. Big Lions fan. Sorry, they suck. Uh, All right. Got a great question here. Would you rather your team be down four with two minutes left and your team is on offense, or would you rather your team be up four and your defense is on the field? And I'm assuming this means with, like, two-minute drill, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fourth quarter, game on the line. Do you trust your offense more or defense? So this is subject, again, to, you know, you could say your roster. Um, but just as a fan, would you rather your team have the ball or have to get the stop? So for me, the Jags specifically, I would obviously much rather be on defense, try to stop them. Um, that's how it was. And I'm going to go back to two years ago when they were successful. That's how it was. Like they had to they had to get the stops and they did. Obviously couldn't stop Tom Brady, but the rest of the year that, they were able to stop them. Um, but overall, as a football fan, I would much rather my offense be on the field and I need to drive it down and score. I am right there with you because if you guys watch the AFC Championship game, you watch Kansas City Chiefs, mm, excuse me, Bob Sutton's defense literally get picked apart every third down. You watch the player on off that was offsides take away the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, if I am in this situation and I am picking for my team, which is the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm taking it down four with two minutes left. I'm putting the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands, letting Andy Reid make the calls. He's got so much more trust in Mahomes than he did in Smith. That's just the truth about it. He's going to make you know calls and Say, hey, man, make it happen. And that's exactly what Mahomes is going to do. We've seen him deliver time and time again, and I'm not going to hesitate to think that he won't this time around down four. It's uh, it's funny because in the 2016 season, week two, the Lions were hosting the Titans. And his game, Stafford had a monster, like hit one of their linebackers, buried his shoulder into him. It was, it was awesome to see. But that game ended, Stafford threw a pick, and it sealed the game. And the funny thing is then that's also the same year that like six of the next seven weeks, Stafford led a fourth quarter drive to get the win. But that season also, Trees came over. We watched the Jags and Lions play. Was it Cinderic Marks or somebody on Jacksonville, Trees, that jumped off sides when Stafford was just trying to get into bay? It was a fourth down. It's, it's clearly. And I just remember you being like, that is the stupidest way to lose a game. So every time if you're on offense, you're like, don't throw a pick, don't throw a pick, don't throw a pick. And it is just a sinking feeling. But even worse than that is just like Austin said, 
you don't want to see like I'd rather see my quarterback have a chance to make a throw than one of my D linemen just you know think he's gonna go make a play. You fucking idiot! They didn't even snap the ball. They tried to get you to jump and you took it. Brutal way to lose the game. It really was. I mean, Austin, you basically went through that with D Ford, right? Yeah, but I honestly might have felt a little better if he would have, you know, jumped like been offsides instead of just lining up just offsides. Line up. Yeah, because that's true. I just don't get how you do that in the NFL. I don't know how a ref doesn't say anything. I don't know how you're in that point of the game and you think I'm gonna try this. Yeah, this is <laughs> this, this is gonna I be might, a game changer. I might, and it was. I might be <laughs> the best, but yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just listen to this scenario here real quick, and then we'll head out of here. Well, let's say that play happens and D Ford's not offsides. Gronk's last, res- or you know, target is a dropped ball. Tom Brady throws an interception. Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Gronk retires. He doesn't make that great catch, right in the AFC or in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady doesn't get another one. Bill Belichick doesn't get another one. And then look at it from the other side. If the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl with the Rams, Jared Goff probably goes off. Yes. He does probably go instead off. of getting shut down against the Patriots. He probably just lights up Kansas City's defense, and it's probably just another high-scoring game like it was earlier in the season. Yeah, oh, I have that game recorded upstairs. I might go watch that game tonight. That game was so much fun. Um, I don't think Gronk retires if they lose to the Chiefs. I don't think he does either. But I mean, that just that one play, yeah, literally completely changed the view. And some careers of NFL players. Dude, yeah, that's that's why we love football. It's just like that. It's game. why we love it and why we hate it. That's why the guy's no longer on the true, Chiefs. True. <laughs> Get him out of town. He's out of there. What is it going to take for Tom Brady to retire? Is it age, or does he just need another Super Bowl win? Does he? Does he like? Do you think he just had had like seven? on his mind and it's just like that's what i need or do you think it's literally like hey, i just want to put to a four i'm 45 he's got six now yeah i think it was getting the six matching jordan because when he had that time against tom thing on facebook remember there's an episode where he tells his wife three more super bowls yeah this is the third one gotcha well he's still fucking here so because this is the third one yeah that liar. <laughs> All right. Okay. So if he's here next year, then you know the lineup. He's still fucking here works. Yeah. Yeah. But not that's this fair. year, there, pal. That's fair. All right. Okay, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on this Wednesday. And we will be back this weekend and we will go over our AFC predictions or more of a what is a successful season for all of our AFC teams. We just wanted Doug to be a part of that with him being a Browns fan and all. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to tweet at us what your Saturday or Sunday routine routine is, and we'll we'll pick a winner there. Um, you guys got anything else you guys want to say? Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Cool. All right. Thanks everybody. And tonight we've been talking football. <laughs> Bow, 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 bow.